Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. With 13 minutes to play. For up here now, the visitors, and they've got a man over. Joshua King waiting for it, and he gets it. Can he finish it? He can! King for the goal that will seal the deal. João Pedro, King for the hat-trick, and still, and there it is. And there's a Watford win. Could still be more. Dennis, and still, Watford have five Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me Mick Kemp Lee McLean Matthew Neal and two former Everton players in Derek Mountfield and Michael Ball. Ballie, you were at Goodison Park yesterday. Everton 2, Watford 5, a Josh King hat-trick. I imagine you have a lot of things to say. You've slept on it. What are your thoughts? Thanks for coming to me first. Um, yeah, it was abysmal, wasn't it? Um, and in a strange way, predictable. You know, we're all going the game beforehand, a bit concerned, obviously, with the core being out. Can our midfield handle, you know, the opposition's runners? Um, can we protect our back four? Um, will Josh King turn up and come and hurt us? And that's basically what happened. The first half was, you know, it was similar to the other games we played. You know, even the Norwich game, the Burnley game at home, were very passive. But we started brightly. We wanted to start on the front foot, as Lee keeps on saying on this podcast, that, we want a fast start. Rafa wants Goodison rocking. So we've got to play in their final third. We've got to get the crowd up. And we got that early goal. But we just lack that game management. Again, it's cost us. We did it at Leeds where we went ahead twice. That We forget the hard yards. We forget what takes us there. We've got to earn the right to win football games in the Premier League. And that's by working hard and being organised. And Rafa keeps on saying he comes to the football club to organise you know, his football teams and we just looked all over the place. Um, I thought we were, we were such lucky against Norwich. I thought if Norwich had a bit more quality in the final third, it would have been a different score earlier on. And it's sort of been coming, this type of result, um, this season for us. We've sort of just you know, got away with it and sort of got over the lines. We've had weak inside, so you understand that. And we've, you know, we're struggling with injuries, but that doesn't paper over the cracks of desire, determination to win football games and have a bit of pride about, if you're not pride about wearing that shirt, or pride about yourself, for, for, for first and foremost. And 
they just failed to, you know, it showed massively in that second half. And the goals, we don't seem to learn. It's like the the team or Rafa don't realise the opposition are going to watch videos of our previous games because we're making the same mistakes. We're not dealing with situations as the centre-halves come in. They're letting the ball bounce. They're trying to do clever little headers or little chests down into midfield. We're not winning the second ball. And that just gives the opposition confidence to, to get at us and put us under pressure. And it's not like we're getting outplayed uh, by teams. You know, I was looking through the stats. I'm not, I'm not normally a stat man, but if Rafa wants Goodison to be rocking and he wants it to be a fortress, but how can you do that if you don't have the ball? You know, we've played one game this season out of 11 that we've had more possession than the opposition and that was the Burnley game and that was only by one or two percent. You know, we've played lower teams like Huddersfield and QPR and it's been less, 39%, 28% against Man United, 38% of West Ham. Okay, West Ham are the top side, but at Goodison, you should be controlling football games and, and your pace and putting the opposition, you know, under pressure from the start and it's just that I always seem to think with this group of players that when we, we go go up or we look like it's too comfortable, we forget to do the hard yards. We forget to go tight. We, we don't stop crosses in. Digney and Coleman have been guilty of it for many seasons now that we never seem to be close enough to stop crosses. Um, you know, the West Ham game, you know, we didn't even get a booking. We didn't even press. We didn't even challenge anyone in the West Ham game. And we come off that game with, no, but you don't want everyone to be getting yellow card left, right, and centre. But show a bit of aggression here and there. And you know, Digney got booked because again he was out of position against a top quality winger. He looks like he's got a good future ahead. But make it difficult for him. You know, he, he got a silly foul, and then he gives him time and space then to dictate his game. And the two centre halves I thought were just bullies from the start from Josh King. You know, he was controlling everything, bringing the other other players into play, um, winning headers. And you look what we've got up front. I don't know what Dex is going to say, but you know, I've got, I've, we've had time to reflect, but I, I've been kind to him. You know, I've been kind to Rafa and Rondon, you know, because he's had excuses. You know, he, he has been playing catch up, but come on, we're eight, nine games in now. And, you know, I don't want him running the channels. You know, we didn't see Big Dunk run the channels, you know, but Dunk did something else. You know, he upset defenders, he won headers, he, he did something. You know, you're looking at that player and you're going, if I'm a youngster, I'll be chopping on. Rafa's door straight away going, look, give me an opportunity because my confidence is shot. If I can't get ahead of him right now, Rafa's saying he doesn't want to put youngsters in. He thinks it's um, not the right time for him. But in my day, you know, we had you know, lads like Derek Hadamachi who got his opportunity through injuries, probably technically wasn't ready, but physically he was. He made a difference because of his freshness, his desire, you know, his enthusiasm as a youngster to to make an impact. And then we had it later on with Franny Jeffers, who wasn't physically ready, but he was technically ready. You know, he was quite, he was, he was a clever player who gives something different for the opposition to, you know, to worry about. We just played the same one dimension, predictable football that it's very easy to defend and it's got to be sort of punch perfect every time to create an opportunity and score a goal. And it's all down to our, our, our decision-making on the ball. You know, Dexy said this a few times on the podcast. Good players, you know, they, they've got to pitch it in the mind before they receive the ball. We don't. We just seem to go one step at a time. And it's that you should have two or three options. And we seem to be picking the wrong option and putting your own teammates under pressure. And that just sort of gets the crowd on the back. And then it's negative. It's backwards. And it's very, very frustrating to watch. And, you know, Monday morning, 
you know, the first thing I'll be doing if I was a manager, I'll be telling them players to watch that, but I have to watch that live. And then I come home this morning, when I was home this morning, I put it on again because I was in disbelief, really, what I watched and sort of thing was I overreacting. Um, that second half was was really worse and they need to watch these games to find out what the fans are talking about. The moans and groans are there for a reason. Um, and that second half, the white flags came out. It was just lack of pride, lack of desire, really frustrating. And there needs to be a massive change of mentality. Um, we show it in parts, which is great. And we come on here and we give them praise when, you know, when, when we get over the line and we get some points on the board. But, you know, I think this has been coming. And sadly, you know, it was against a Watford struggle and Watford side who got battered the week before. They scored five against us. It could have been more if it wasn't for Pick for making a few good saves. And the warning signs were there, but we haven't tried to do anything about it. We just sort of thought, oh, it's okay, and we can we can bowl over these these teams that come to Goodison Park. But that's two defeats on the bounce now. Um, the Corey obviously was massively missing. It showed Allen needs someone around. He, he can't dominate that midfield. He's far too slow um, to do it by himself. He, he needs legs around him and the, the lack of quality in the squad. You know, we can't even fill the bench at this moment in time. You know, a massive club like Everton Football Club can't fill a substitute bench and having two goalies on the bench just sort of shows the, the state we're at right now. Deg Z Ball is very interested to hear what you think. What What is your opinion? Who is to blame? It's one win in six in all competitions. You know, there's pitchforks out for Rafa Benitez, the players. It's it's the second collapse in a season already. In my opinion, the other collapse was at Villa Park, three goals, and I think it was nine minutes. The board are currently being called out for giving Rafa Benitez and his coaching staff a squad that is paper thin to go into a season with. So who are you looking at to think, you know, we need more it's from? It's one of them, boys. It's, it's not just started now. I think this started five or six years ago. I've said this before, I'm not being disrespectful, but since our new majority shareholder took over, we seem to be spending money on, I think, bank average footballers half the time are giving tons and tons of pet money, which means we're now in a situation where we've, we've gone through this director of football role. I don't understand what director of football does. Does he buy the players? Does he talk to the, the manager? Is he just doing it on his own? Is there a rift now between Benitez and Brands? I don't know. But I think it goes back to five or six years ago. We've now gone through a phase where we used to be a very stable club where we, we knew that we weren't going to spend lots of money all the time. We knew we were guaranteed players that would, as Michael said, put a shift in, work hard. And over the last five years, it's we're not a stable, we're very unstable now. I know we've got the new ground on the horizon, but that's that's in the distance. It, it's the present day that matters. And I just think we're, we're a team or a club now that doesn't quite know where we are. We, we want to be in the top five, but we're not ready for the top five. If we're not careful, we, we'll be in the bottom eight and then we're looking over our shoulder. Are we looking at being a mid-table team all the time now? And, and as Bully was talking about the, the way the game went, I watched the game yesterday and... You know, we were okay, same at Villa. But once we conceded that, that second equaliser, we didn't know what to do. And there's, for me, there's two types of footballers. There's the proactive and the reactive. At the moment, we're just reactive. We're reacting too late to things, not being proactive and seeing the danger. And if we're not careful, we're going to get into a little bit of a, a rut. We had this issue second half of last season when they said, oh, we're not playing well at home because there's no fans in. Now the fans are there and they want to see a performance. 
I understand that where Rafa is, I know we've got issues financially and the Rafa debate will rage and rage and rage. It'll never suit everybody. It'll never win everybody over. But he wants to do the best for the football club because he's a football man and he's a football manager. He doesn't care whether it's red, blue, pink or green he's managing the team. He wants the team to do well. He got things wrong yesterday. I think he got some of the substitutions wrong. He got the decision. I tell you what, I'm 59 in 10 days' time and, and I could have done better on Don yesterday with a pair of slippers on because that's what he wore. We've got to realise that we've got young kids coming through now and we're not, not giving them a chance. Michael mentioned two, two players there before. Another issue for me is this under-23 football. When I played coming through a kid, I was playing reserve football against experienced footballers, not like-for-like ages, tippy-tappy football, don't make a tackle today, boys. Our problems now, a lot of the youngsters coming through are not ready for first-team football in the Premier League. Just what, what, what did I say last night after the game? We know Anthony Gordon's only got 60 minutes in his legs. Well, what's he doing? Give him 70, give him 75. See if he can push on a bit more. But that, was, that looked like it was a pre-planned substitution at 60 minutes for Anthony Gordon to come off and Richarlison to come on. And how, I don't know, Andy Gordon, is he 23, 22, 23? And I don't know what age he is. I can't remember, but... He should be ready for first-team football. That's what you train for. That's what you're ready for. I just think we're in a, in a little bit of a, a, a state now where we don't know exactly where we're going to end up. And we've got to be so careful. I, as a fan, you all, your, your fans, Borley was there yesterday, it's heartbreaking to see a team at 2-1 thinking, yeah, we've got this. And all of a sudden, like Villa, we can see three goals and then a fourth. We could have had five or six against us yesterday. We were that poor. And it summed it up with, the, with was it the... Josh King's hat-trick when three of our players went for the same ball in the box and we lose the box, lose the ball, Seamus dives in and we're 3-1, we lose a goal and then they score from their, their, the kick-off, we launch it down the pitch and we're all out of position. We're too busy trying to chase the ball all the time because we're reacting to things and are being proactive. We could debate this all day long, boys. We can go on and on and on and on but as Evertonians, we want the best for our team. And I don't think people look at the top enough. And I think the top now needs to have a good little look at themselves to see what have we done wrong in the last five years. And we can all say we've wasted money on this, that, 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 that person who hasn't played. We've had this, that, that, that manager. You know, are the players cup and managers going to Everton now for, for a payday? There's a question that's put out. Are we going for a payday now, the players and managers? Because some of the players, I don't feel, want to play for football club. But some of the managers come and know they're going to get sat within a year and a half and take a big payoff. You know, I just think we're in a, in a, in a flux now. We've got to be careful we don't get sucked into that bottom, the bottom. I know I might be talking a bit harsh here, but if we keep playing like we did yesterday, we're, we're, we're going to find it hard to win games. We haven't got many goal scorers in that team at the moment. So let's see if it gives this Lewis Dobbin Ellis Sims a bit of a chance. Because Rondon, although he's on the pitch in 90 minutes, how many times did he put pressure on the centre-hours? How many times did he run the channels? How many times did he look like scoring? And I can look, look at it on one hand and my fingers, my hands are, my hands are fist. I can't see any, any chance he, he got anywhere near. So it's, it's, it's a debate we'll rage and rage and rage, lads. And we can sit here all day. We'll do it again next week, the week after, the week after. We'll have an opinion, but I just think we have to be careful that we're not, we're not getting that, that negativity around the club now that leads, that can spiral into... You know, here we go again, back at Grusen Park, we're going to get booed again. I want the best for the boys, you want the best for the boys, but the boys have to do it for us. And what we saw yesterday was a lack of leadership, understanding, being proactive, 
no one giving any, use the word, bollockings out, raising the fist, shaking a few fists to people. We just, it's too easy now to let the game throw. And I think Rafford, Duncan and the, the staff around him have to get those players now working better than they did yesterday, for, especially for the last 25 minutes of the game. Mm, Lee, I, I look at yesterday's game, four goals in 13 minutes, 20 shots Watford had on the road, which is their most, I think, for over a decade. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, for all the substitutions that Rafa did, and, and there were, like, it's, like I said, there was many boos when Anthony Gordon went off. These are professional players, and I'm sure Degsy and Borley can can go into it in more depth. But no team should collapse should they be in two or not with with 13 minutes to go. Absolutely not. Uh, it, it was it was tough to to watch. It was tough to believe actually what was happening in front of your eyes. I mean. I mean, we're Evertonians. We're used to the odd disappointment or two, to say the least. But, I mean, yesterday, for some reason, it just really hurt. Um, and, and I've been struggling to shake this one off. Uh, and, you know, I think we've mentioned, Mick, looking forward to coming on this and just venting a little bit. And it's like a, almost like a little bit of therapy because how, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, we've, we've spoke before about this is the culmination of, you know, five years worth of really, really poor decisions from the top downwards, especially with recruitment. That's resulted in that squad that we saw yesterday. And it's heartbreaking. You know, you, you look at the players that we've got rid of recently, semi-recently. You know, I'm not going to go through a list, but OK, these players may not have set the world alight at Everton or maybe you could argue they weren't given a, a proper run of games or whatever. But I know Borley's mentioned this on previous podcasts. It's all well and good selling players, but you've got to replace them. You've got to bring someone in who, who's going to be able to do it just as good a job, if not better. Should be always looking to improve. This squad that we saw yesterday is paper thin. And even though earlier in the season when we were getting all of these positive results, you could see this coming a mile off. We were only ever one or two injuries away from a result like yesterday, a result like last week. You're going to struggle because the squad isn't good enough. The drop-off in quality in too many positions is drastic. Um, you know, but to, to capitulate, like to answer your question, to capitulate against a Man City, a Chelsea, you know, that's a different story altogether. But to do it against Watford, who, like you say, got the backside handed to them last week, 5-0, and, and looked like they didn't even want to be on the football pitch, we've given them an opportunity to get a result like that, you know, and, and that'll never happen again, you know, for Watford. You know, then you'll be waiting another 75 years for them to go away anywhere and win 5-2 away from home. Why does it have to be at Goodison Park? You know, we've gone through so much rubbish and it just seems to happen time and time again. You know, we we defended like Sunday League players. They completely lost their head, the, the concentration, professionalism, you know, all these words just, just went out of the window. You know, individually and collectively at the back, you know, I think Jordan Pickford aside, that's the worst I've seen defensively that last 25 minutes. It was like when you go and watch, you know, the, the kids, seven or eight years of age, all running after the ball at once. Shockingly bad. Um, you know, Michael Keane looked like he was going to start crying at one point in the first half. He just looked mentally just gone. You know, the, the slightest bit of pressure on him or whatever. And, you know, he looks like he wants the, the ground to open up and swallow him. What and, I will say, that... Lee, what I will say, Lee, is Michael Keane got absolutely bullied yesterday by Joshua King, in my opinion. Bullied. But he, he did. Mick, you're right. You're absolutely spot on. But Josh King's another example. There's a lad there who arguably didn't get a, a chance at our club. Um, he had an option there for, for a six-month extension. And we've looked at him and gone, no, no, we won't have you. But then, you know, 
weeks later, we're going and signing Solomon Rondon. You know, as Deggs and Borley have said, you know, it, it, it's a tough one, this, because he didn't ask to be signed. He didn't ask to start the last three games and play the full 90 minutes. You know, it, but it's baffling. You know, Benitez got that wrong yesterday. I think if there's alternatives available, you know, like Deggs, he said, they're youngsters playing grey up front, whatever it may be, you have to go with that, those alternatives at this point because he offers nothing. You know, if he's up there as, as a, supposedly a target man, someone who's meant to be holding the ball up, winning headers, he does none of those. He's immobile, he can't move. Um, so you've got to go with the old... It's like having a statue up there. And it's not a knee-jerk comment. He's as bad as anything I've seen play for Everton. And and, and I've seen a few... I've, I've seen quite a bit of rubbish. Um, but but he's worse. Um, and I think the fans, the fans screaming off, off, off when he put that challenge in says it all. Um, you know, he's only seven or eight games in and he's been written off. But, you know, I'm not going to single him out. I think collectively, apart from maybe... Damari Gray, Jordan Pickford, Anthony Gordon, who astonishingly got hooked. I don't think any of them uh, can hold their heads up high after yesterday. Um, but no, it was it was a tough one to take. I went with my daughter. I felt sorry for her. Looking around, just looking at the faces of the Evertonians, it's like, how much more rubbish and pain can you put up with? But it's just too many mistakes over such a prolonged period of time has left us with this mismatch, just patchwork squad made up of players from different managers, you know, who, who probably Rafa doesn't doesn't fancy. This is going to take two or three years to remedy properly. Um but he's got a, he's got his his work cut out for him um in the in the short to medium term to fix this because I'm like Deggs and Borley. I'm worried looking at that fixture list now in the next sort of eight to ten games. We don't book our ideas up and, and find a solution, learn how to defend set pieces for a start and and Get, you've got to get Ramsey out the side and, and try something different. We could be in massive trouble. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that we can find something from somewhere and start making sensible decisions again. It's Go like Mike, you said about defending corners. It's as a defender first and foremost. Your body goes on the line to stop the ball going in the back of your, your net. You know, you're not I seeing that. See though, don't I don't see it. You know, they, they, they look. It wasn't my man. It was his man. I, I, I they don't take responsibility to try to get the head on the ball and clear it. And that was so obvious yesterday. He scored the equaliser on the corner. And three minutes later, the lad gets free again. That's another hat and puts her over the crossbar. Take responsibility. Put your body on the line. As a defender, you're a defender first and foremost. And that's one thing football is doing now. We're creating too many footballers who can't defend. We're a defender first and foremost. and get your body on that line more often than not. We don't do that enough in our team. Mm. Matt, are you concerned that you know Rafa Benitez notoriously has been very, very good in building solid defensive teams? You know, very hard to break down. A bit of a tactician, people would say, regarding Rafa Benitez. And we've conceded seven set piece goals already this season, with arguably a pretty much full strength back four bar, maybe Yerry Mina. Is that is that a major concern for you? Set pieces are, yeah, because he's got previous for this. You know, you think a, a tactically minded manager like Benitez, you know, the minor details, he'd be right on them. But for some reason, he's persisting with this with this system that we're using and, and the players, for some reason, can't get their heads around it. I can't quite fathom why, though, because we're using exactly the same system as we used last season, you know, the zonal mark. And we used, we used that last season in, under Angelotti, you know, um, 
it's it's a worry because I've seen articles from his time at Newcastle and they were also saying that they had real issues with set pieces under Rafa. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of the, the, the top teams now seem to be bringing in sort of set piece coaches to try and solve certain issues, whether, whether that needs to be addressed, I don't know. But set pieces, a lot of the time, Mick, are the fine margins of winning and losing games, you know, and unfortunately, we keep conceding them and it vital moments as well. We had a great start to the game yesterday, uh, exactly what we wanted uh, after the West West Ham defeat to you know, get on the front foot, Davies scoring, and then you just want to settle into the game. You want to get the ball, get on the ball and try and get that second goal. And what do we do? We can see the softest of softest goals. You know, dreadful, dreadful marking at the back post there. And you're letting teams back in. And goals change games. And that let them right back in for the whole of the, the, whole of the half. And I don't think we quite recovered first half after that. Um, and second, you know, we go 2-1 up. Again, a soft set piece. And, and this, was, for me, the second one was worse than the first because he, he doesn't even, the guy doesn't even move. He just stands in the box and bang, right in the middle of the box. So much space, so much time. And again, goals change games. Watford are then in the, in the, in the ascendancy with, with 10 minutes to go. I mean, what happens after that? I don't know. Um, you can't legislate for some of the, the defending that goes on. We, we speak about Rafa being the type of manager that likes his teams to be organised, to be structured. They had 12 minutes to go and win the game after Watford scored at 2 all, And you see the defending for the third goal where everyone's swarming towards the ball. There's no structure. There's no organisation. It's like we've got 10 seconds left. It was like we had 10 seconds left in the game and everyone panics. Everyone panicked. That's that's not right for me. It was the same against West Ham. We had 20 minutes to get back in the game and we panic. We don't seem to have any any sort of pattern to and, and rhythm in our football that we can then go up the other end and try and put pressure on on the teams and, and get back either get back in the game or win the game. Um, that's a real worry for me. You've got to. I mean, that third goal is the fourth goal was bad, but the third one was the worst for me. The amount of players that are out of position is one long ball over the top from, from Watford, and it's two against two. It, 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 the mind boggles. And, and there's no way the manager is setting the team up to do that. There's no way Rafa Benitez is telling everyone, as soon as we can see the goal, right, that's it. Forget, forget your positions. We're just, we're just going to go play computer games and we're all going to go up front because that, that's not the way top management works. It's not the way football works. But these players have got previous for this, mate. They've got previous. This isn't the first time this, this, this group of players has capitulated. I spoke earlier in the season about this team conceding goals in, in, in sections of the game. We can we concede a goal and then we'll concede two or three after. You know, there's no, there's no grit, there's no determination. Yes, you can, you can, sometimes you can see goals, but then you, someone in that team has to go, right, settle it down for another three or four minutes. Let's just get everyone solid again. And then we've got 10 more minutes to go for this game. It doesn't, it does, there's nothing in it. Was, it was the same against Villa. 
1-0, we were 1-0 down to Aston Villa and we completely lost our shape, completely lost it. We were ragged. Why is this happening? This, this, ha- this has happened so many times over the last three, four years. You can go back, you can look how many times. I think that's probably the, the third or fourth time in, in three or four years we've conceded five goals at home in a season. Yes, they were probably better opposition than Watford were yesterday. But seriously, some, there's, there's, there's got to be something in that dressing room. Some, there's got to be someone in there that's got to get a, a hold of someone and the team. And we've got to sort this out because it's happening time and time again. And you, you worry for Everton now um, because I don't know where they go from here. I don't think there's huge amounts of quality in the team. Well, I know there's not huge amounts of quality in the team. The spine of the team's injured and at least two of those players aren't coming back for the foreseeable. So where do you go from here? I thought the manager, we, we've spoken about the manager. The manager got it wrong at certain times yesterday. I thought thought Watford were like a knife through butter most of the time through that midfield of ours. Um, I don't think Davies and Allen can play in a two. I think we've seen that before. And I thought something should have been changed. Should have been changed much much earlier in the game, actually. Um, and to bring a Wobi on at two one for a for a for another attacker, or that should have been a midfielder or a defender coming on, really, because we we were hitting them on the counter attack. We had Richardson on the pitch by that point, and you shore up the midfield and make sure they're not going going through there. And then Everton hit them. You know, we still had Townsend on the pitch. We still had Richardson on the pitch. You, are, you bring on a, a Mason Holgate or or a Gabamin and it allows Alan to, to move forward slightly and drive you up the pitch. You know, it's simple errors, but this this is not the manager. This The manager had a bad game yesterday, but it's the players. It's these players. If this was a one-off, you'd go, right, the manager's, this is on the manager list, but it's not. This is this group of players. Not only do they lack quality, but at times... They lack spirit, they lack heart, they lack organisation. And this, this, this can't be repeated. You know, we see how many rallying calls over the years have we seen from the likes of Shaman Coleman, Lucas Digne, on Monday morning, we'll go again. And, but we don't, we don't go again and we'll see it time and time again throughout the season, three or four more times where we'll com- completely capitulate. Four goals in 12 minutes versus Watford is not good enough. And wherever it can go from here, I don't know. Mm. Well, Matt, I, I share a lot of your thoughts and, and what you've just said. That I, at the moment, I'm exonerating Rafa Benitez from any blame. I think he got it wrong, substitute-wise, and I do think he got it wrong, and I don't think it was his best performance. But generally speaking, at the moment, we've gone through so many managers over the last few years. I think the players do have to shoulder a lot of the blame. Like I say, the minute you cross that, that white line, no professional footballer team should be conceding four goals in, in 13 minutes against anybody. The minute it goes 2-2, you regroup and, and you, you know you get into your shape. And, and if we do concede again and it went 3-2 to Watford, that's when you shut the door you, and you get a grip. And that's when your leaders have to stand up. And, and Bawley, we've spoke so many times about leaders at Everton Football Club. And the back four on Saturday was as bad as we've seen for a long, long time. But, but going through that back four, Seamus Coleman... Irish international, he's been a captain for Ireland. Luca Dean, he's fre- featured many times for the for the French international team. Michael Keane, 
an ex-England international. And Ben Godfrey, an under-21 England international. <laughs> it, it beggars belief sometimes, doesn't it? And you think between those four there, we'll, we'll leave Godfrey out. He's one of the younger guys. But the other three, they are highly experienced Premier League footballers, aren't they? Do you think they should have maybe stepped up and said, you know what, we're going to get into our shape for five minutes here, tuck in, keep it tight, and we'll regroup. And we've still got the best part of 10 minutes to grab a winner. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's the lack of leadership at the club for a, for a while. We've had leaders in the past. You go back a few years ago. You know, we had Rooney, we had Klassen, captains of Manchester United, captain of Ajax. Yeah, Sigerson was here, the captain of his country. Mm-hmm. We've had captains. Um but we haven't, we haven't had like a Roy Keane want to sort of say to the lads, up your level, you know, be switched on. You know, you see it every blue moon. It's been a, like a good tackle here and there. You see Seamus trying to rally the troops up. But it's not, it's not game, that's not game management. Game management, i.e. the Pickford situation last week against West, West Ham, he's too busy high-fiving the, the West Ham player and smiling and joking over the situation. But when there's a corner coming in, when he should be screaming at his back four and his players to stand in certain positions. The back four, yeah, Godfrey's had his excuses because of the long cover situation. Um, but far too many times he's getting caught underneath the ball. And, uh, you know, I want to go back to their third goal yesterday. Uh, what I said earlier on in the podcast, we, we kicked off, we do this stupid kickoff, which I don't really get, but it goes back and then we, we launch it high to Rondon. Rondon's got three players around him. They watch the video of how we set up, how we kick off, and we haven't even acknowledged it. We've kicked off three times or maybe four times in that game and haven't noticed. They've overloaded Rondon. So the space is the other side. Be clever. Have a bit of wit about yourself and make a different option. You know, change it up. You know, Rondon had no chance against one, but he had three around him. So he's lost the ball. Coleman's done one. Michael Keane's schoolboy added again to sort of sitting there um, far too deep and gives them all the space. And that's just not... You can play football and have a bad day, and you know you're having a bad day. But if that's me, I'll be screaming at the people in front of me, alongside of me, to make sure they're switched on to help me, to keep me going until the game might change and something good or positive happens and it gets me back into the game. We don't see that. Um, I said it on here when we played West Ham last year, when there was there was no crowd there, I was allowed to go in and watch the game. And I was really looking forward to that because I wanted to listen from the bench, the instructions, the players talking on the pitch to hear, you know, what the what goes on. Because when it's 40,000, it's very difficult to hear what's getting mentioned on the pitch. We had 2,000 fans there. It was dead. It was quiet. No one spoke. It was only for a throw in here and there to our ball. You know, there was no instructions. There was no, let's get up. No, nothing from Pickford to push the back four up. Nothing for Michael Keane to get his midfield further forward. Where's the triggers? Where's the press? Who we, who's, the, who's the trigger man up front to go and press the back four so the midfield can go forward? The back four, it's not just about your back four, it's about a team. You've got to defend as a team. Um, yes, there's individual situations where I spoke about, I think, Digne's really struggling in the Premier League pace right now of, of trying to get tight to his man and, and stop crosses. We're, we're not dealing with crosses. Set pieces is going to be a very big issue for me. Um I played against Rafa's teams and that was our way in. Let's get set pieces because he was very stubborn at Liverpool. Yeah, I didn't mind playing zonal marking because I wasn't six foot four and I wasn't like like Derek, you know, I wasn't physical enough. I had to be quite clever and cute at my set pieces. So that suited me. 
But we haven't. We've got big players there. You've got Michael Keane and Ben, ben Godfrey who should be physical. So man to man with the big players, it's not rocket science. You know, as I said, when we played Rafa Benitez's sides, we used to play on that and know where the big players are going to be and put our bigger players the opposite side of the, of the box. And that's what Watford did. They've looked at it and thought, how can we hurt us? And they've seen where Godfrey and Keane get sucked in for that near post. The first goal, we lost the first, first ball and then the second one. And then obviously the second half, you know, the free man, you know, in the centre of the box on a corner, but nobody around him. That is just people not taking responsibility and accountability. And it starts from, I think I heard Gary Neville this week talking about Manchester United and, you know, their defender, Harry Maguire. He, I think he's spot on. I think it starts in training. The pride of just playing five or six, six or seven. If you let a goal in, you should be gutted as a defender. That's happened. And make it difficult for your strikers. That makes your strikers better on match day. It makes you better as a defender. And it sets the levels of the standard. It's, it's like it's, oh, well, they've scored. I don't worry. We might, we all might get back into the game. Be hurt that you've conceded a football. But scoring goals is so difficult to do. Defending's the easy part, apparently. You know, and we're not doing it. We're not, we're not taking accountability. And, and that leadership is seriously, seriously lacking. We see it in parts. And when we're playing football, we're winning football teams. The leadership and the noise gets a bit louder. No, it's got to, as Derek said, proactive. You've got to be proactive. You've got to be nasty to each other. Your teammates, you know, but be nasty. You know, be nasty to each other and raise the game from each other. It's You want the best. You want to come off that football pitch winning and putting your heart on it. And you want to demand that from each and every one of your teammates. And I don't see that. And that's really concerned from my eyes. Degsy, before the game, I was talking to, to my old man. And when I seen the lineup come through, I, I said to him, on paper, that looks about a 14th, 15th place lineup. It, can you put that on Rafa? Or have you just got to say, you know what, we exonerate Rafa for now and it is the bigger picture and that's where we're at right now. We are a 13th, 14th place team given the injuries that we have. I think you put on all three things. Yeah, we know Rafa's got a, a limited squad because of what's happened in previous years. But why are we getting so many injuries in training? Why are we picking up injuries? What, why, why was Mina injured during the week in training? If he's come back from this long... Hall from Colombia, put him in kick gloves up and uh, cotton wool for a few days, then he's back into it. What's he doing too much? You know, yeah, Rafa takes the blame, the board and the, the, the club take blame. But the biggest thing, as my board is, it's the players. You cross that white line and you white line and you put your heart and soul into every game you play. You know, I played forever when I shouldn't have played because I was injured, but I wasn't going to miss a game because I wanted to put the shirt on. I made tackles and, and defended the goal with, with, with everything. I know there's people alongside, like Kevin Rafferty did the same, Gary did the same, Pat did, Neville was just Neville was just brilliant behind us. But all over that team we played, we wanted to win the game. We wanted to win the tackle because the tackle gave the ball to Peter Reid, it gave the ball to Trevor Stephen, who ended up passing to Sharp and we scored. It's a collective thing. And Ball is saying when Bawley, when he played, he had some leaders around him, some big, experienced, strong people around him. And I had the same when I played. And I just don't see that. The word leaders in football, you can't make a player into a leader. You can't make him into a leader. You can't make someone scream and shout and become the boss. But as you get experienced, Michael Keane should be dominating that back four now, the oldest man. Seamus should be dominating it. You know, Alan should be dictating that midfield. Damari Gray has been probably... 
and, and Andrews Townsend, the best two of the season so far, because they brought a bit of pace into the side going forward. But when we go forward, we've got, we've got Seamus now trying to keep up with Andrews Townsend when he goes past him, and, and Luca Dean trying to catch up Damari Gray, leaving big holes behind. So that's where the Tom Davis is and the, the Alans need to tuck in. But we're not, I'm not even seeing that. So that way, that's what comes on the training field. But on that field of play, I want those players to show us that they want to win the game. Show us that they're proud to wear that shirt. I'd, I'd put the shirt on tomorrow if I, if I could run, but I can't run anymore. And I do. I don't be disrespectful. I'd show more passion than some of the players have played over the last couple of games. It's personal pride, and I don't think the players have the personal pride to play. Is it just a job now? No, it's not a job. You're playing for one of the best football clubs in the country if not the world, because I'm an Evertonian. And I don't think players see that as much now. It's just, yeah, I'm going to get paid anyway, so what's the worry? And I get a bit frustrated when I see some of the performances. It's not hard to show that you're passionate and you want to win every game. Yeah, when you go, you can see the goal, who's the rallying call? Who's the one that's going, come on, boys, we're better than this. Sleeves up, let's go again. And on Saturday, it just never happened. As one went in, you could see the next coming. You could see the next coming. And we, I was sitting watching the time, so another one coming in a minute. And again, you could just see it because we lost all our pattern, all our shape. And that's because we went into the shell. There wasn't someone saying, we're better than this, boys. Come on, roll your sleeves up and graft a bit harder. And I want to see just players showing that they want to wear the shirt. They want to be part of this football club. Because I know players who've come to this club who want to be part of the club and never got the opportunity I've seen players who shouldn't be in part of the football club get the big opportunities. And I just see players who are proud to wear the shirt. Like Bowley was when he played, when I was when I played, and as I played, we were proud to wear the shirt. And let's see some more of that come from our players at the moment. Mm, Lee, just touching on what Degsy and Bowley have both said, we understand as Evertonians if we're not the best team in the league or if we're just a mid-table team and whatever else we may be. But one thing we won't forgive is not digging in and giving 100%. And, and is that the most frustrating thing for you? You know, we're happy to accept defeat sometimes as Blues if we've given our all on the pitch for 90 minutes. And you just get the feeling at the moment, one win in six. Okay, we've had a couple of decent results along the way in those six games, but nevertheless, cracks are starting to appear and you just start to feel now that some of the players are not putting in a shift, are they? No, they're not. Um, and you know, those wins are now becoming more and more of a distant memory and you know with quite rightly the the mentality and the fragility of, of this squad and a lot of these players has been called out and at a time like this when you're on the back of two consecutive home defeats and especially the absolute joke that we had to watch yesterday it's 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 times like this where you need strength of character where you need leaders to step up to, to rally players on the training pitch during the week and say, listen, that wasn't good enough. Like Dex has said there, you're playing for Everton. You know, I've grown up, Everton, Everton are a massive club and, you know, I want them to hurt as much as we did yesterday. You know, when we're getting the bus and the train and or, or the driving back from, from that ground yesterday, absolutely, you know, inconsolate. You know, you just get the impression some of these are just getting in the big fancy cars and driving back to wherever they're living and, they're not giving it a second thought, and because that's what you—that's what it looks like on the pitch. And you're right, that's not acceptable, and that's when you're going to get the fans on your back, because Evertonians won't accept that. You know, like you've quite rightly said, Mick. You know, there's one thing, you know, having a shortage of of, of ability in certain areas of the pitch. 
you know, what, what you lack in ability, you can make up in fight and desire and graft. That's not happening. It's not happening consistently enough. And, and that's just not right. Um, and the longer that goes on, we're going we're gonna to be dragged, unfortunately, deeper and deeper into trouble. We need characters back. You know, you hear a lot of talk, you know, off the pitch and social media posts and stuff like that. You don't want to hear that. We want to see application. We want to see the right attitude on the pitch, getting in people's faces, getting around the referee, you know, running yourself into that turf until you, you, you're literally blowing out your backside. That's what you want to see and doing your talking on the pitch. Um, it's it, yeah, it's, it's it's not great, Mick. Um, and you listen to Michael Border at Mountfield there, players who have been there who are clearly proud to wear that shirt. You look more recently, the David Moyes side, Kale, you know, Gravison, Lee Carsley, David Weir, you know, all of these type of players, leaders, men on the pitch, people who you could tell it meant something to to, to pull on an Everton shirt. I think it's just you know, we, we've 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 amassed a squad of players who are either not wanted at the previous club, they're here for one last big payday. You know, they're signing for Everton for the wrong reasons and, and we're stuck with them because it's hard to get rid of a player once you've got them on, on a big contract. You know, the, from January onwards and in the next three or four transfer windows, one of the biggest prerequisites when we're looking at anyone, not just playing ability, you know, it, it is attitude, application, desire. Why do you want to join Everton Football Club? You know, and, and and if the answer's not because I've I've done I've done my research, it's it's a massive club. I want to play for those fans. I want to, you know, run myself into the ground every week. Then we don't want them. We don't want players who are just coming for, for the money or, or whatever else, or for an easy ride for a couple of years. I'm absolutely sick of it, and I'm absolutely sick of seeing players who don't care as much as I do on the pitch. Bully. <laughs> Taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture at Everton Football Club right now, at what point do you think the fans will start putting more pressure on the board? We spent millions and millions of pounds. Okay, we have a fantastic new ground on the horizon in a couple of years, but for now, it's not good enough, isn't it? And and at what point do you think the fans will start to turn on the board and maybe think, you know what, you owe us more than this. This isn't good enough. Yeah, it it starts from the top. Um... It's, it's it's a huge football club and our expectations as fans is, you know, the only thing we've lacked in recent years was money. And we always hoped that if we got someone with a bit of money, we'll be able to start competing. Um, can you blame Mashiri? Yes, because, yeah, he's opened his wallet, but he's put the wrong people in. You know, they've been sacked. The managing director of football has been sacked. He's had a say. I don't know, as Dad, you were saying before, who gets to say? To me, it seems to me that everyone's having a bit of a piece of the pie. Machiri wants his player. Marcel Brands will be forcing an issue on his player. The manager's coming into the football club and then he'll want his player. And if you look at Rafa, he, you know, he's brought in two players, which to me, when they first come in, I thought they'd be squad players. But it showed how poor quality we are, that they're probably being our best two key players, you know, besides, you know, Decore, you know, but in the summer, these two kids, Townsend and Gray, have been fantastic. And he's got one massive dud, Rondon, so he's got one wrong. Uh, but every manager has bad, you know, bad transfer windows, but it's, it's, we can't believe where we are. The amount of money we spent and we haven't moved forward, that's the embarrassing bit. You know, how can you spend that much money 
and not go forward. I mean, it's other teams we know have got money now. We know Chelsea have had a two-year ban and then now they're splashing the cash again. We know it's going to be difficult. It wasn't like the the like the Blackburn days where they only had to compete with Man United, outbid them and he went for the league and then Chelsea come in and he blew Man United out of the water. There's five or six teams there who can spend a fortune every transfer window. We're not getting quality. The lads have already spoken on it, but we're getting bit part players, but it's for a number of years. They were buying Wolcott who couldn't start for Arsenal and Arsenal was suffering and struggling getting the stick and then we've got Awobi. We're getting subs from these clubs who are unwanted and we're paying top dollar for average players. Um, we've got to be clever. You know, like they have with Townsend and Gray, I think they'd be fantastic. I think that's going to happen again for the next couple of years because unfortunately we've got this financial fair play over our heads. So that's the board's excuse at this moment in time that they can't spend the money and they're going to keep this excuse until the ground's up and we start building in a bit more income. Can we reach Europe this year? I don't think we, we will if we keep on playing like that. That's going to generate more income so we can go and spend it. But the frustration side of it is we haven't really played anyone. You know, we played West Ham, who, who were doing well. We played Man United away from home, who were struggling. Besides that, we haven't played anyone. So we've got the big teams to play. And that's the worrying bit. You're thinking when you start playing against these top sides who create opportunities and opportunities and they've got quality in that final third, not like the Norwiches and the Burnleys, we could see another five coming. And we've got to get to January as soon as possible. And Fingers crossed that if the, I feel if the board don't press the button and bring somebody in, I think the fans will start to turn. Um, we've been patient this year because he has spent his money, uh, so you, you can't sort of fault him for that. But unfortunately, it's gone in the wrong direction. It's gone for, to players who haven't got the Townsend's mentality of made up to be at Everton Football Club. He's saying it on his social media, he's saying in his interviews, he can't believe he's here, but he's showing that on the on the pitch with his performances, every time he gets the ball, he's trying to create opportunities, crossing the ball, he's having shots. You see other players just going through the motions and you're thinking, are you really that bothered? You know, And that's down to recruitment. That's down to... Recruitment's not just done off a DVD anymore or just after one game. They lock, they lock over, over players for a long period of time on scouting network systems and going to the games. They have three or four different scouts going to get their opinions and then they make the decision. It baffles me how they still get to make these decisions and these these players are coming through the door. And unfortunately, we've got we've had so many of the last few years that majority of our transfer windows was the priority was get them out the door. And we struggled for, for many years because of the, the amount of money they were on and we, we didn't want to pay them up. We were hoping people are coming by Niasi off us. And you know, we still got Tucson there as well on, on our books, you know. It's mental, you know. It's a really sad state that we're right in. And if you look at other clubs like Southampton, you know, their academies being brilliant for a good decade or so, and the the, the clever buying, and then the they're selling, and they're selling for top dollar, and then the the generating the, the more players to come through the books. And we're probably in that situation, but we think we're bigger than what we are, you know. And we're a huge club, but team wise, we're nowhere. At it. We're not strong enough to rest players. You know, and that's what I feel Rafa does need to take accountability from yesterday. You train, you're with Charleston, you're fit. Coming on as a sub is more difficult than starting football. You know, as a sub, you warm up a little bit. You're not nowhere near the match pace of coming on. Yeah, he come on and he scored a goal. But what happens if he started and we're winning two or three nil, then bring him off. He had a good hour. He's got a good hour under his legs and, you know, 
it just looks better on the on the on the team sheet. The opposition would be concerned. They just seen Rondon. They've gone. Oh, we can we can have a go here. And Rafa did it be- before in the League Cup. You know, I, fans give me stick a little bit, and I understood it. But we, if we played Allen or if we played these other key players, and they got injured, but you can't have that mindset. Because every football game, you're going to get injuries here and there. Win the football game, play your best team, and then if you, hopefully, if you're dominating after you know two or three nil, you can bring them off and rest them that way. Not chasing the game, um, it, it puts more demand on your body. Uh, strangely enough, so it, it's um, it's a situation where we find ourselves, and it feels like we're always overreacting after a, a defeat or a, an embarrassment like this. But it feels like it's, it's this one's been coming. And the lads need to have a good word with themselves in the changing room, you know, and say, look, that was not good enough, but come up with solutions. We've said this before, we've had the rallying cries and it's trying to find solutions. It's up to Rafa now. Rafa said he knows Liverpool people. He said he knows how Everton's tick. I haven't seen that yet. And he needs to start, he needs to find a solution with the players he's had. And he's, look, he's had, he's been dealt a bad card. You know, we've had a very thin squad. The injuries have been really, really against us and, He's had to come up with solutions, and that's probably that's obviously not helping us right now. We're not getting any match with them. Um, but as Dex is saying, you've got Mina there, and you're going, why has he got to be 110% fit to play football games? You know, Dexy, Derek, Dave Watson back in the day, they, they'll play 25% fit. You know, they just want to put the shirt on and play, and we don't seem to have that. We don't seem to have that hunger to, to play. It's easy to have a little sit up or I'll rest this game. But, but we haven't got a big enough and a better better squad to do that. And the fans, you know, there was concern with the Rafa situation that if we do start having poor performances, it, it could turn very, very toxic and it's only going to point one way and it's going to be the board. Matt, do you think well, it's now time for the board, Denise, Brands, Bill, Mashiri and Rafa to come out and maybe give us some sort of direction of where we are going as a club and the plan over the next couple of years. There was a there was an article out not long ago in the week and a, a, a footballing source or a footballing journalist said that Everton were the only club that they knew where they had to speak to three, four or five people to get a decision. And that Everton is ran like a little bit of a circus behind the scenes. And it's not the first time that we've heard that. So with Rafa at the helm now, there is five. Denise, Brands, Bill, Mashiri, Rafa apparently all having their say. Do you think it's now time the board came out and give us some direction? We've been needing this direction for many a year. You know, this 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 isn't the first time that we we've, we've heard these claims, and we've needed direction for 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 ten years now. You know, we've needed a uh, some leaders in at the boardroom level that that mapped out our future as a football club. You know. Mr. Mashiri was in the in the stands yesterday. It's nearly it's nearly six years since he since he bought the club now. There is no way he is sitting there six years down the line with the amount of investment he's put into the football club. He can't be sitting there and thinking, Oh, this is all right, we're doing well here. Because it's not. But when is he when are we gonna wake up to this? When are we, this is a we seem to, it's like a broken record. When are we going to wake up as a as a football club? Yesterday was just a, a culmination of all the errors that we've made since he come in. You've got, you've still got players from all different kinds of managers playing in one team. It's a disjointed side. It's a side that likes quality because of the money we've spent 
and now we can't spend it due to FFP. It's like a merry-go-round. And at some point, the club has to go. We're going to need, we're going to have to have some stability. We're going to have to have some direction. Now, you'd hope that comes with, with Benitez. That's what I thought he'd bring. And I think I, I sit, here, sit here tonight and, I, and I, I still believe that Rafa Benitez is is a is a good candidate for Everton Football Club and three if he's here for three years Everton will be a in a more stable position than what they are now. Um, I'm not expecting miracles from from Rafa over the three years because, as Borley said there, I don't think our financial fair play issues are going away anytime soon. Um, not unless we sell one of our best players. Um, and you, you again you go back to the re- recruitment. Are we happy with the players we're bringing in? No, you couldn't honestly say right now if we got 70 million for Richarlison or 75 million for Calvert-Lewin. You couldn't honestly sit here and say you'd be confident in Everton reinvesting that money into the squad, making it better. Because they've had those they've had those sums of money before. They've had those sums of money before under the current regime, the current CEO, the current director of football, the current chairman. The current owner of the football club have all been there when these sums of money have been about. So they have to. They, the, the club. There's too many cooks. There's too. There's, let's let's have it right. There's too many cooks at the top of that 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 football club. The, the, the whole process has has to be streamlined, and and that streamlining process starts by appointing a top quality chairman or a top quality CEO. Because they can then streamline the business. You go from there. You know, Brands, if it is Brands who, who's our director of football, he he has control over a large part of the, the, the footballing side of the business. And he works with his managers and he streamlines, he streamlines the recruitment process. And so it is easier to identify the targets needed to make Everton a better team. You know, the... the it's 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 about time we 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 sorted this this mess out and 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 viewers and Everton fans all over the country must be fed up of of this this conversation either us talking about it other people talking of it because because we bring it up every time but the but the defeats always go back to the same problems and that's why we have to bring it up because these these type of defeats all go back to the same issues. You know, look at the state of that first eleven at the start of the game yesterday. That was a poor first team. I don't care what anyone says. That 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 that's lucky. You'd be looking at bottom eight for for me in terms of first 11s in the Premier League. Looking at that, and that's with three players out the team. You know, they're, yes, they're important players to us, but that's that's not actually that many players. You so you you're telling me that we're taking three players out of the team. And suddenly we go 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 down to that type of level, you know. The, the whole the whole thing has to be ripped apart. And 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 if we if we have to if Mr. Mashiri sits there and he says, right, we've got to go back to square one, then we have to go back to square one. But I think that 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 would be better because at the minute there is no, you know, there is no step one because I don't think there are any steps. I'm not sure what steps they've actually followed, you know. If it's 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 a it's a real mess, and you know I thought it was a there was an article out in the Guardian this week, and it was Rafa Benitez talking about how 
how he politely put it, he expects 5% or 10% more from all departments within the football club. Well, that's political speak for. There's certain elements of this football club that aren't up to scratch. And that's a sad indictment when a football manager's been there for three months and he recognises some of the issues a lot of the fans have been seeing for many, many years. And he's telling the owner of the football club and his staff that he thinks, let's face it, some of them aren't good enough. And some of them aren't pulling their weight and certain elements of the football club and certain departments need to be improved. Now, if I'm Mr. Bashiri and I'm here and Rafa Benitez tell me that, I'm saying, right, this is, this is, at this point now, this is, this is where change happens. This is where stability comes from. And then we work from a plan now to make Everton a better football club in the long term. And, that, and that's the only way we can improve it. A couple of things there, what, what we've talked about over, the, over this evening is, you know, Bully's talked about, you know, the players were signing. If we're honest, we're, we're getting not the best ones. We're getting the second or third choices. We're getting the ones that the big clubs don't want. If we want to be the big, we've got to sign some of the big name players that go to the cities, go to the Uniteds, unfortunately go across, the, across Stanley Park. But we're, we're getting the ones that they don't want. So they're not good enough for them. So we're getting the, I don't like, don't like the word cast-offs, but we're getting the second-rate players. And, and those second-rate players know that Everton have money now. So do the clubs and so do the agents. So when that player should have been £20 million because it's he's the third-rate, doesn't matter. He's coming for £40 million to Everton because we've got money. They know we've got money. And that's where, that's where what happened five, when five, five years ago, five, six years ago, the money was splashed straight away, big money splashed straight away, instead of being a bit more steady and careful and, you know, don't spend too much. Because we cannot afford, we cannot buy the best players. We're getting the second or third best players or the fourth best players. We've got, as, as a club and a group of fans, we have to understand that. And the other issue is, if we've got such a good youth policy within the Premier League with 23s for two out of three seasons, why aren't those kids coming through our ranks? Why aren't those coming through into the first team and playing regular football? You don't know how they're going to be. How good they're going to be until you're thrown in. Baller, Baller say the same. He knew he had a bit of a bit of ability, and all of a sudden you, you, you're given the shirt, and you you grow as a person, you grow you grow as a man, and you want to do more and more. I don't think our kids get enough opportunities at our football club coming through the ranks to progress into the first team. Too many of our youngsters eventually have to move on at 23, 24, when really they should have had three years in a first team, whether it be at Everton or it be down in the lower leagues. And I just think, as I said before, this, this new system under 18s, under 23 football, is stopping some good players coming through into our first teams because instead of giving a young Michael Ball a chance now, we'll, we'll go and sign a Luca Dean. So Bully goes another step down the, down the ladder. When really, if you give them a chance... As Bowley says, he will agree, he got the chance. You, you flourish, you blossom, you, you, you want to show what you can do and you, you learn every time you, you get on the field, every time you get on the pitch, you learn a bit more and you get a bit more feedback from the fans. And it's a learning game. I just don't think we get enough of our youngsters coming through. And unfortunately, as a club, we're not going to get the best players. We're going to be left with the not the cast-offs or the rejects, but the ones that the big clubs don't want. And unfortunately, we're paying far too much money for them at the same time. Mm, Bawley, looking at the, the whole picture now, I'm putting all the pieces together. Where do Everton go from here? Where does the squad go from here? I'm sure you know, you've know you experienced some tough results in your career. What now happens 
back in training on Monday or Tuesday. Do the leaders now grab everyone into the room and have a chat before they go out on the grass to do a warm-up or does the manager bring them in? How does, how does it work now? I hope they do. Um, they've got a good week now before the next game. Um, sometimes you can say it's a one-off and the manager, the staff might come in Monday morning full of beans trying to you know, giddy up all the players and just forget about it because it's done. It's gone. You know, that game's gone and the embarrassment's gone. You've got to sort of focus on the next game, but we're not playing till Monday. I think they've got a chance to dissect it again, uh, have a look at it, show them the videos, show where they've gone wrong, the decision-making, the positional play, and iron the issues out. Get it over and done with because we don't want to be in this situation and you know, round about Christmas time where we've got you know, on the back of another bad defeat and then we're having the same discussion, you know, as the players have this team meeting. You don't really like having team meet uh, meetings. I was, I played alongside Richard Goff and um, we had one or two then, but we are in a bad, bad situation and it was just an honest conversation between men in the changing room, no staff, get everything out in the open. It comes to my bit and I just said, this is all talk. Let's do it on the training field. Let's go back out and show a bit of pride in ourselves when we train at Belfield. You know, we've got we've got everyone's issues out. And as Dexy keeps on mentioning, being proactive about it, let's not let this happen again. Let's be a bit more, you know, nasty with each other, demanding from each other um, in training. You know, after training's over, you're all best mates again, you know, and hug and, and have a good time and enjoy your life. Being a footballer is amazing life. It's brilliant. And you're having your banter. It's great. But you have your, your, your dips. And it's just showing your characters in your team who can have these honest conversations, but then also go, look, lads, that's gone. Let's get everything out of the open. After today, it's gone. And let's not make sure it doesn't happen again. And fingers crossed that does happen, in my opinion, because I feel we could be on the back of some heavy defeats like that again uh, in the near future. Lee, given the atmosphere at Goodison Park on, on Saturday, it's imperative now, isn't it, that the Everton team react and show some huge character in the next few games? Well, if they don't, Mick, you know, they'll, they'll be told. Um, you know, like Borley and, and Deggs have said, it's, it's the minimum expectation. Um, I think yesterday was the first time since Rafa's come in that I've just sat there and gone, ooh, you know, especially when, when that substitution was made and, and he drags Anthony Gordon off, who wasn't brilliant but he was one of our better players and at least he was on the front foot he, he drags him off and that reaction to me was sort of it was like people were had been waiting to get that out unfortunately and, and we've we've always said this and we've been honest from the moment Benitez came in I think he, he's had a lot of people there sort of quite upset that he that he made a decent start and we're just waiting for that opportunity to jump on him and he's, he's, he's not stupid he's a very clever man he'll know that so I think now he, he had a bad day I think the players were terrible yesterday and I think we've spoke enough on that Rafa had a really really poor day yesterday as well I think if we have a mix of players not applying themselves Rafa Benitez being stubborn in certain ways I think that is his persistence in playing Rondon is becoming tiresome now. Uh, I think one game is annoying, two games is baffling. Yesterday is just you're just wondering what on earth's going on here. It's almost it's it's my signing. I'm going to play him no matter what, and he's staying on for the full ninety minutes. 
if that continues, because I think that the crowd voiced the discontent yesterday, Goodison Park's going to become a very, very toxic place to play. And it's, and it's going to become more and more difficult for players to play with any sort of freedom, express themselves, you know, and we have got more difficult opposition coming up. So that that's tough enough in itself. You know, with all these factors added in, you know, it, it could potentially be a very, very difficult period. But you need these, you know, if they're there and for whatever reason it's been hidden away, these characters need to step up and someone needs to take this squad by the scruff of the neck and drag them into some sort of resemblance of acceptability because that yesterday wasn't good enough and it'll never be good enough for Everton Football Club and if you're putting performances in like that and basically giving up after with with half an hour to go just because we've conceded an equaliser Everton fans will tell you about it so they need to raise the game otherwise things are going to get a lot more difficult and there's going to be pressure on the players and the manager and there we have it, guys. Thanks to Degsy, Borley, Lee and Matt for joining us as always. Everton 2, Watford 5. We will be back in the week with all the pre-match talk and all the analysis of Everton's trip to the Molyneux, Degsy's former team as well, Wolverhampton Wanderers next Monday. In the meantime, have a great week. Stay safe, take care and all the very best. Thank you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.